You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast. Your number one podcast for Florida Gator football. Scared money don't make money. All right, folks. Welcome to another episode of Getting Swamped. This is none other than your boy, David Soderquist. And a lot has happened this week news-wise, especially in recruiting. And we will have on Corey Bender from On3 Sports, Gators Online, to talk some recruiting and where Florida stands right now in this 2023 class. But before we get into all that, some transfer portal news hit yesterday as Arizona State transfer Ricky Perzel commits to Florida. Huge addition and need for this wide receiver core. A guy who's totaled 700 and 94 yards for his career in receptions, 338 of those yards coming after the catch, and 284 of those yards coming from the slot position. He has also averaged 13 yards per reception for five touchdowns and has accounted for a total of 34 first downs in his career and 24 of those first downs coming off of the 2021 season. Now he has two years of eligibility left, and obviously he's going to be a huge impact player for this wide receiver unit who, I mean, obviously, let's look at it. 2020, you lost a lot to the NFL there. And then in 2021, you lose Jacob Copeland to the portal as well. And obviously the last staff didn't do really well at wide receiver recruiting last year. Uh, But then you have a coaching change. Uh, quarterback Nick Evers leaves, all the receivers leave with him, so now you're stuck in a, in, a, in a kind of a bad spot. So getting this guy from the portal, Ricky Perzel, really does help bolster the college experience here because the only experienced guy you got now is Justin Shorter, a little bit of Trent Whittemore, but that's it. That's all you got. So now he'll join the likes of those guys, Xavier Henderson, Fenley Graham, Dejon Reynolds. Uh, you guys know the rest. Just lots of talent on this wide receiver unit, but, you know, not much experience. So, as I said, he brings that experience that we needed at this position. So just a huge portal pickup there from Florida. But, unfortunately, Florida had a second target from that same school, Arizona State, at defensive tackle by the name of Jermaine Lole, who announced his commitment to Louisville. So now you you go one for two there. You don't go two for two, which is fine. I mean, you at least didn't strike out. But from multiple credible sources around that program, that I talked to said it was grades were the issue. I don't know any details from that. So uh, unfortunately, that defensive tackle spot is still a question mark going into 2022. But like I said, you hit one for two and you didn't strike out. But we got to get this defensive tackle spot figured out here, man. And we'll discuss more of that when Corey Bender comes on from On3.com and gives us an update there. But that's not all the news that pertains to recruiting. Just announced this week, the NCAA will allow teams to sign more than 25 players per class for the next two years as long as the school does not exceed 85 scholarship players overall. So now we can sign 20 or more five-stars if we want to, right? Huh? Huh? (laughs) Okay, but that's still good news for a school like Florida, who Billy Napier said himself, we need depth. But speaking of Billy Napier and another thing this week, that some Atlanta Gator fans didn't strike out on was the Atlanta Gator gathering that went on Monday on the Billy Napier speaking tour. If you go to the site, www.gettingswamp.com, I've revamped the site. I've posted some articles, and one of those articles I wrote was entitled, Billy Napier Takes Charge in Atlanta. And first off, let me say special shout-out to the Atlanta Gator Club for sponsoring this event. And if you're a Gator that lives in or around the city of Atlanta, Check out the Atlanta Gator Group. They do tons of social events, viewing parties, things for the community, and awesome events like this one they put on in Sandy Springs, which is in the heart 
of Atlanta. But if you go to www.gettingsmart.com, I wrote a detailed article about what Billy Napier had to say in that speaking tour. You got to learn a lot about his philosophies as a coach, his life outside of coaching, and his growth as a coach at the collegiate level. But there was some Q&A at the end I did not go over on the site, and I wanted to save some of that for this podcast. So let's get into some of this Q&A here from the notes I jotted down on Monday. So Billy Napier was asked in the Q&A first off, what do you see in Anthony Richardson as far as arm talent and stature and his hands and overall talent from some of the other quarterbacks you've coached in the past? And he said, Anthony Richardson, you're talking about a guy who's six foot four, 235 pounds. His training has been unreal. He's gained 14 and a half pounds of lean muscle mass. That's how hard the guy has been working. He also went on to saying, overcoming a knee injury. This is a guy who runs at 21 and a half miles per hour. I didn't know what to think coming in. I think he has impressed me. His attitude, his work ethic, he's humble, really intelligent. He's bright, and I think he has room to improve as a leader. But I think overall, he's getting comfortable in the spotlight. We're going to force him to lead, take charge this summer. The summer program is set up to create player ownership. So I think he's going to benefit from that. I am hopeful we get to coach the guy for more than one year. But as far as expectations, he is tough on himself, and I think that's a good place to start. He's only started one game, so I think he's got the tools to be a really special player, but there's work to do. He's got to earn that, and I'm excited because I think what we're getting ready to do with Richardson, he will benefit from. Billy Napier was then asked about his approach to recruiting, transfer portal, NIL, and recruiting in the SEC, and he said... Well, I think there's pros and cons to both. By the time I landed in Gainesville, there were three to four to five players that had their foot out the door no matter what. So we lost some players. This was the first year in transition for when the portal was completely open. The flip side to that is we were able to add really good players, two good offensive linemen, a running back, a corner, and a good quarterback. I think the issue is the combination of NIL and the portal. It becomes even more important when you're trying to figure out the character and the family structure of a young man. What becomes more important? You always want to have that gut feeling that the guy is in it for the right reasons. It's been the most challenging part of the job. We're still working on it and figuring it out. I believe that the players should be compensated, but I believe there should be some rules set in place. We've got people who stepped up, like the Gator Collective, the Gator Guard. We're doing NIL the right way. State law approved, compliance approved. Our athletic department is championship experience with integrity, and I think there's an NIL plan there to do that. Whether we like it or not, we have to do this because we are not going to be competitive if we don't. Billy Napier was also asked about having two offensive line coaches, and he quotes, I really believe in offensive line play. I put a huge premium on it. My belief is that there's 20 players typically in that room. You got to have relationships with 20 different guys. You got to recruit that group. You got to manage that group. And it's the most developmental position on the team. It's fast, it's a synchronized approach, and it's a developmental position. We saw huge dividends at Louisiana Lafayette. I think the brand of football on offense starts with the offensive line and especially in this league. It all starts up front. I can tell you this when the quarterback is playing well, it's because the offensive line is playing well. Ain't that the truth, man? <laughs> Offensive line play here, for the most part, is lacked here at the University of Florida. So it's good to see Napier and staff are putting that much of an emphasis here on offensive line play. And Johnny Rutledge was also there in attendance, former Gator great, and he got the last question of the night. He asked, how close are we to having those 19 to 20 players that it takes to have a dominant team on defense? So Napier said, 
our vision for Florida football is that we play complementary ball. We play different on offense depending on the strengths and weaknesses of our team. He said that when they first got to Louisiana Lafayette, they were abysmal on defense. They were ranked 124th in total defense. Then they ranked the second year 25th in defense, the third year 18th in defense, and 11th in defense the fourth year in the nation as he was at Louisiana Lafayette. He said he thinks the blueprint works as far as putting a team together on defense. It is critical that the offense and defense work together. How to install, how to script, the format in practice. It's critical to have a relationship, not just with the players, but the coaches, and learn to practice. We got to understand as a staff from a scripting standpoint that the Gators don't win or lose at practice. We're preparing and teaching you and getting you ready for the game. We watch every practice rep, offense and defense, during spring practice and training camp. Defensively, I don't think Florida was very good last year. I know we are working hard. We have our methods. We have phenomenal people. We're implementing our methods here, and defense is oftentimes not what you're doing. It's how you're doing it. Playing team defense, we work together. We know what wins, so we're going to play complimentary ball, and I'm confident that it'll work. So some really good nuggets from the Q&A there from the Atlanta Gator Gathering there Monday. But now we're going to segue a little bit here to a little recruiting with Corey Bender from On3.com. And we will have that on the second part of Getting Swamped coming up. Need a sign for your company, your man cave, your live stream or podcast? Give my guy Brandon White a shout out at White & Sons Wood Carving. He has the best handcrafted signs nationally, all custom fit for your needs with state-of-the-art paint and epoxy you can have that glow of your sign too with some custom leds as a package as well give him a shout out on twitter at ws woodcarving you can also follow him on twitch and check out his facebook page at white and sons woodcarving top of the line signs made from scratch College programs must be competitive in name, image, and likeness. It impacts current athletes and affects the decisions of recruits. And Gator fans can put Florida at the forefront of NIL. The Gator Collective is leading the charge, uniting fans and student-athletes like never before. Commit for exclusive content, interactions, and events which bring you closer than ever to your favorite players. Also, by joining the Gator Collective, you're empowering these student-athletes to build relationships and develop skills that go far beyond just making money. You're providing an avenue for these Gators to excel in life. NIL will change the landscape of college sports and we can't be left behind. Gator Nation, do your part by joining the Gator Collective today at www.thegatorcollective.com. You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast with your host, David Soderquist. Your number one source for all things college football and Florida Gators. All right, folks, joining me on Getting Swamp today on 3.com's own Corey Bender here. And Corey, man, uh, recruiting, obviously in May, it's still early, but there's a lot of uh, fires out there. I mean, you, you, you've got the transfer portal now with, um, you had one miss, Arizona State, but you got a good other Arizona State transfer, a wide receiver in Ricky Perzel here. Uh, but I want to kind of just start out in high school right now. Let's start out with quarterback. You know, Arch Manning announced he would give Florida and LSU a visit in the future. That's still happening, correct? Yeah, so no, for uh, for Arch Manning, Alabama, Georgia, and Texas, I believe, all three of those schools have got official visits scheduled already date-wise. Those are the three right now that have already got the date secured for them. 
Okay, cool, cool. Uh, but yep. there, there's another quarterback out there that kind of emerged as a player for Florida, uh, five-star Jaden Rashada. What's the scoop uh, as far as quarterback overall, and then the scoop on kind of on Rashada, where his stance is? Yeah, so with Rashada, um, he's a kid that doesn't really speak to the media too much. Um, he's pretty well-reserved in that matter, but his father is kind of taking the lead role when it comes to answering questions. I haven't spoken to him myself, but – People on three have spoken to him and kind of got the scoop from him. Um, so Florida's definitely in the running for a visit. He's supposed to decide uh, in the next several weeks, you know, like mid to early June. Florida is okay. expected to get an official visit before he announces. They're definitely in that top four range, I would say. I, I think one of the key facts, I don't, right now, Oregon's a school that's trending pretty much. They've been always in the mix, but in recent weeks, they've kind of been considered the front runner. Um, Ole Miss and Miami are two additional schools to keep an eye on. Um, and both, so he has a brother in junior college, a defensive back. Um, that you know, some schools. I know BYU was a school offered him early on. Um, his stock has been on the rise a little bit, um, but Miami and Ole Miss recently offered him, like you know, in the past couple months. So when you kind of consider that, I mean, as a family, that's something pretty big. Two sons be able to play at the same school together. And then nothing against BYU, but comparing BYU to Miami and Ole Miss, it's a whole step up. So you've got to look at those two schools as big threats as well. That's why I kind of say Florida's fourth. I could be wrong on that when it comes time, especially after he visits. Uh, But you have those two schools with the family connection in Oregon as kind of the front runner behind the scenes for what many people think. So Florida definitely has some room to make up, but they'll get an official visit right before he decides and, for a lot of kids, that's usually all you need. Right. And, and as far as, as I've been following and a few other the fans that I've talked to and all that, um, the, the quarterback position, you really haven't seen Florida emerge as a leader amongst some top 100, top 200. If Florida doesn't land Arch or Rashada, would they technically kind of be in trouble from a quarterback aspect? Or do you see them maybe try to dip into the portal to get an experienced quarterback? What's your feeling on that? Yeah, it's the one. It's the one position where I think there's a lot of questions to be asked right now. Um, I think, yeah, Portal's definitely an option. But even with Manning and Rashada, Rashada's probably their most likely right now. And there's still room to make up there, so it kind of shows where they're at with a lot of these kids. It's nothing really to do with Florida, the school. I just think they jumped into the race a little bit late compared to these other schools, and the staff really prioritized, which understandably so. They came up more than they had a handful of weeks to work with. So they put all their eggs in one basket for the 2022 class. Yeah. Um, I, if I, that was me, like you said, I'm not getting paid the big bucks like they are, but I would have extended some of those 2023 quarterback offers around then to build those relationships. They just started offering these kids in the last two months or so. And a lot of these kids have already like, narrowed down the list and been gearing up for a spring or summer decision. Uh, quarterbacks typically come off the board before a lot of other positions. Um, so you kind of look at Arch Manning, even if they offered back then, it still would be an uphill battle. I mean, it kind of, I feel like he's kind of had his eyes on the same flurry of schools for a while. Florida's in the mix. They could definitely, they're probably going to get a visit out of him, but he said it's going to be an unofficial, which is kind of a stinger to, yeah. compared to the other three are getting officials. So that kind of shows where they're at with him. Rashada, there's a chance. I mean, they're definitely in the mix. And then another kid, Dylan Lodergan from Georgia. Uh, he's a baseball kid, top 100 kid. I'm not sure what happened with that. Um, so they offered him a few months ago, and everything looked good. He came for the spring game, I mean, for a spring practice. I, I reconnected with him the other day just to make sure nothing's changed. He hasn't heard from the staff since his visit. 
Okay. I, I, I don't know. I, I heard one rumor that not like his body, like his body language, but it just wasn't like the right connection. Like I think just both parts like, Hey, like he's a good kid. He likes Florida. They're a great staff, but maybe they just, they, they just didn't connect maybe the way they, that's just a rumor out there. Uh, but yeah, right now, those are the, the main quarterbacks out there uh, that they're evaluating. You also have Marcus Stokes, who's committed to Penn state. Um, and that's not even a guarantee either. He told me before Florida offered to be a, a big, big deal. But Penn State right now is out recruiting Florida. And I'm glad about saying Florida, obviously, when you look at them over the years, is a, a bigger program than Penn State. Uh, but it's kind of, it kind of leaves a sour taste your mouth, maybe, if you're that kid. I mean, even if Florida does offers, there's no guarantees he flipped to Florida. He might say, hey, you missed on You didn't believe in me the first time you missed on these guys. You're just offering me because you missed on these other guys. Yeah. So he might be like, hey, I'm going to stick with Penn State. So they're really in a weird position at quarterback. So, yeah, um, to answer your question before, too, portal is definitely an option. But as the options right now in the portal, I, I don't really see uh, like a go-to option. I mean, you already got uh, the quarterback out of uh, Ohio State, but he's clearly behind Anthony Richardson. So I don't know, man. It's a weird, it's a weird situation. So it's more of a wait and see right now at that position. Yeah, hopefully with a good season underneath Anthony Richardson, that might spark the eyes of some quarterbacks wanting to come to Florida. But we'll see, man, as the season goes on. I mean, you know how things change during the season. If you get a good winning season under your belt or you're impressive at quarterback, that might entice quarterbacks to maybe keep their eyes on Florida. So we'll hope for the future at quarterback. I, I, I want to jump. Well, even with that, too, you would think, even if Sam Anthony Richardson kind of doesn't have the season people would think, or he does have a good season, you would think Florida would be more of an appetizing situation for a lot of these kids yeah. just because it's Florida. You know there's going to be stability there for at least three to four years. You know, like three years at the most, like, you know, as far as the staff. Say if the staff just doesn't do well, you think they at least get three years. So it's like you're going to have the same coaching staff for the majority of your career if you went to Florida, SEC. If Anthony Richardson doesn't do good, you, you think as a competitor, hey, I might be able to come in and win the job. If he does do well, goes the NFL. It's like, wow, these guys really developed him. So, I mean, good or bad, you just think Florida would be a school. Some of these quarterbacks would really be looking into more, just based off the current situation. Right, and if he has a good year anyway, he'll go to the NFL. And if he doesn't have a good enough year to where he wants to stay, he's only going to be staying another year, and then it, it'll be your turn. And so, it, it kind of makes sense for a quarterback to maybe want to look at Florida, but as I said, we'll, we'll see what happens with that position. It's just one of those positions kind of in limbo and, you know, you want that quarterback. So, it, you know, and that sparks all the other wide receivers and tight ends that, you know, they see the quarterback commit to the class and they're like, okay, well, this is the guy that's going to be throwing me the ball for the next four years. Yeah. So, and, and well, Dave, what, what's your opinion about um, them not having a quarterback coach? Like, what's your thought on that? I mean, I know obviously they have O'Hara who's an analyst, but yeah. he technically can't go on the road and recruit because, well, he did before because they didn't have the whole staff filled out. But that's like another thing I discuss with people too. It's kind of, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be a, I don't know if that's going to be a thing for a lot of these quarterbacks. I'm like, hey, who's my positional coach? I don't know if that's part of it either. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard to figure out what these kids think and, and, and why they want to come to schools. Obviously, NIL has a big influence also to, to come to a school, but you would think, uh, you know, those quarterbacks, those kids have to be looking at quarterback coaches as well as, as far as head coaching and everything else goes. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> You're asking the wrong this is, guy this here. Is the best you can do at receiver recruiting, too, without a quarterback in the class, too, because yeah. you have two kids committed. You're more likely, I would think, get Aiden Bazell in the class. 
And then also, you have Eugene Wilson, who's a top 100 kid. I mean, for not having a quarterback in the class, probably the best job of wide receiver recruiting you could do considering where everything stands right now. So with a great quarterback in the class, I think, man, it makes the class even that much more interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And you said wide receiver. Let's jump to that real quick. Um, What are some names emerging that you think Florida has the biggest shot at right now as far as wide receiver? Yeah, so right now they have two already committed. They have Creed Whitmore, who's more of a slot guy. Uh, Plays quarterback in high school, but it really is a really – you watch him on film. I I really like his film at quarterback, especially when he scrambles. He's an athletic kid. Um, And Florida was kind of like really emphasized. Like, hey, we're not just taking you because you're hometown kid and you're Trent's brother. We really think – like your ability, they'll feel it's intriguing. You're a coastal kid, they like them. Um, it's going to be a big receivers class, too. Like, I've heard four, I've heard possibly five. It's going to be a oh, pretty wow. big class. Um, and I'll say they have the other kid committed last month, too. Um, I don't know why his name slipped in my head right now. Um, oh, yeah, Tyree Patterson. Um, and he's a kid, a productive kid, um, far from a finished product. Um, some people thought maybe, hey, they took him too early. I, it's one of those situations too, man. Like he's going, he's going to take an official to UCF um, as well. So if they start loading up on big time kids, that kid might say, "Hey, this is a huge class. There's elite kids left and right. I'm going to go to UCF and be the man." You don't know that, or he sticks with Florida because that's a big school. So you're going to have options with that. Uh, like I mentioned before, Aiden Bazell, he's a top 100 kid, uh, track kid as well. Uh, legacy, both of his parents ran track in Florida, so I mean. He's going to take his visits and take all five officials. I, I already put up a prediction for Florida. I think they're in a great spot for him. They're really recruiting him hard. The parents are obviously impressed. So, very getting surprises. I mean, Laws of Florida doesn't fumble that. I think they can get him in the class not fairly easily, but I think they're trending well. Um, Eugene Wilson's a kid out of my backyard here in Tampa, Gaither. Top 100 kid, very elusive, had over 1,000 yards last year. Uh, more of a slot guy, too, just very quick twitch, um, open field guy. Uh, Florida's been the leader since they offered, uh, right from the get-go. That was his dream school. I'm kind of surprised. He, I'm not going to say he, he hasn't made a commitment yet, but he officially visits uh, here in the coming weeks. That's going to be something to keep an eye on. Maybe he's like, hey, man, this is where I want to go. I want to start recruiting for Florida. I'm going to make my commitment now. But he has Georgia, Alabama. I mean, all the Texas A&M, they're all coming after him. So we'll see. Those two kids, Mizell and Wilson, are trending towards Florida. Um, and like you said, it's a pretty deep wide receiver board. There's a lot of guys that they're still considering. Hockey Williams is a five-star kid out of South Florida. I, I think Florida's in the top four or five range, but I, I don't expect him in Gainesville. A&M is kind of trending for him right now. Jontae Cook's an intriguing name. He's an All-American kid out of DeSoto, Texas. Um, he officially visits next week, uh, next month as well. I think right now he's a top five at A&M, Texas, Florida, Michigan, and Jackson State. I think the, the two in-state schools are probably at the top, A&M and Texas. Florida, maybe number three, Michigan four, Jackson State five. Uh, but he officially visits, never say never, right? So yeah. there's a lot of options in the receivers class. There's others, too, out there that are kind of a little bit farther down the board but have offers. So either way, I think it's going to be a impressive haul, whoever they do sign a receiver. That's good to hear because wide receiver, one of those spots where you're going to lose Justin Shorter and co- probably a couple other guys there too. So you really want to get some uh, some some good elite talent in here to back up some of the guys that are currently on the roster. So you really want to kind of be deep at that position. And it, it's funny you mentioned Creed Whittemore. That might wind up being our quarterback <laughs> if nothing else works out. I mean, you know, so funny too though. He had offers. I mean, not Florida, but. 
like FAU, Georgia State. I mean, there are schools out there. Obviously, they're FCS, but uh, there's schools that offer for quarterback. He's. I mean, you know, growing up though, if you get any Division one offers for quarterback, like, it's like here you can play. Yeah. And you, know, you say he's not the biggest kid. If he was bigger, I mean, honestly, he throws a good ball. I actually like his football line. He's just not the biggest kid. Uh, but you can do some trickery with that kid too. Do wide receiver reverse, and then also he tosses it downfield. Uh, Whitmore to Whitmore, who knows? Yeah, made as far as a touchdown. So, um, I like the kid. I, I mean, I like his upside though on slot, though, man. I definitely think he's one of those guys that you know he can surprise people. Maybe time he's a junior or something like that, where next you know he's just making plays for Florida. So, we'll see. I mean, they can afford to take some of these kids, they can uh, be patient with because it's going to be a big class. And you have the guys like Mazzell and Eugene Wilson who are like the elite level kids that will probably play earlier, but. You know, like I said, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, and then obviously they just got Pearson out of the portal. So I mean, either way, yep. it looks like they're said they're going to have a nice deep haul over the next two years to rely on. Yeah, uh, absolutely, man. If you go and look at Max Preps, you look at Creed Whittemore's stats as a, as a quarterback. It's actually pretty impressive, man. <laughs> when I looked at it, so maybe we do get a Whittemore to Whittemore in the future. You never know. Maybe on a trick play or something like that. Yeah, like you said, open up the. They're playing against, I don't know, like, <laughs> I don't know, Chat, you, you see Chattanooga, like one of those gimme games in the year, and that's, you know, that's like one of those 52 to 7 games that you see in the box score, Whitmore, <laughs> one out of one for 53 yards and a touchdown in the passing column. Yeah, uh, Creed Whittemore, uh, honestly, and I didn't, I wasn't trying to compare him to Kadarius Tony because they're two different kind of athletes, but Kadarius Tony was kind of that guy, too, that was a quarterback in high school and, uh, transition to like an athlete the wide receiver role so that might you might be kind of getting that out of creed whittemore as well it's funny you mentioned tony so like john garcia is one of my closest friends uh-huh. he works at si yeah so him and i are like best friends so it's uh he is so it's so funny you said that so he covers alabama heavily that's like his state that he primarily covers and i always over the last five six years kept hearing about tony and to this day he says tony has one of the strongest arms he's ever seen yeah, like, in true. high school, the kid would toss in a mile. And, like, you know, he could have been, like – but, you know, back in the day when Michigan had Mitch Rodriguez, they had Denar Robinson, who was, like, six foot, 5'11", and played quarterback. It's yeah. like if, he, if Denar was – if Rich Rodriguez somehow was good at Michigan still, because he would like those guys, smaller, complete dual threat kids. And it's like that kid probably could have got a quarterback offer from certain schools because of his arm talent. But it looks like it worked out good for him, though, top 15 picks. So. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Kadarius Tony's still in the NFL there, too, the uh, first-round draft pick. So sometimes when you take a three-star like that, especially a guy, uh, Creed Whittemore, I think he's running like a 10.800 meter. So he's got some yep. he's got some wheels on him. So it, yep. it'd be interesting there for, uh, I guess, wide receiver, quarterback there. Uh, another, another position here uh, that's kind of thin right now, defensive tackle. Obviously, we missed on a few guys there in the portal from that aspect. And uh, in the future, it's obviously going to be a position of need. Uh, what are some guys, Billy Napier, Sean Spencer, what are they targeting? And can they bolster this position here uh, in this cycle? Yeah, Derek LeBlanc comes to mind first. I mean, he's he's kind of a versatile guy. can play inside and out, but I think long-term he's an inside guy. Um, people kind of look at the strategy. He was going to announce his decision July 23rd. Um, now he's backing that up. I know the main schools has been Florida, Miami, Penn State, and Oklahoma. Those have been like the main four schools in his recruitment. Um, he'll be in town June 10th for his official. Um, I still like Florida there. I still think they're positioned best. It's, I, it's one of those, I talked to a source close to Florida who kind of told me that 
it's one of those situations you're just going to have to recruit this kid to sign a day. He's going to, wherever he commits, he's going to commit. Uh, but he's probably still going to take some other officials throughout the season. Kind of, you know, he's not going to announce it to people like, oh, he was at Ohio State. Like, he'll just stuck on the campus type thing. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so I think with him, I think Florida's seen the best for him. Um, and like in Florida, has been trending heavily. I mean, he's maybe he's been on campus five to ten times just this year. So Florida's so hopeful there. His teammate John Walker's another one I really like. Uh, I honestly, I think Walker should be more highly ranked than LeBlanc personally. When you watch their film, I think Walker should be close to a five star guy. I love this film. Uh, yeah. Florida feels the same way from what I've heard. They love that kid and. Uh, I think right now the main schools are Michigan, Ohio State, USC, Florida, and UCF. I've heard UCF is a real player here. I know it's, you know, they're not powerful. Well, they'd be power five, but, you know, they're closer to home in Central Florida. Uh, USC, from what I've heard, is someone close to them. That's more like, hey, I'm going to get out to L.A., see campus, and kind of like just a vacation-type visit. You, know, never, you can't rule it out, right? But um, Ohio State, I know Alabama really likes so them. They really want to get an official, so. I think Florida could definitely get both those kids. Um, he grew up a Florida fan. I think right now Florida and UCF are positioned best for that kid. Ohio State may be in there too in that top three. Um, those are two guys at the top of the board right now. Um, another kid like Jordan Hall, that's obviously like one of the main, main targets for Jacksonville. Yeah. Right, he's going to take it to the buzzer. He's not going to decide anytime soon. Uh, I know, I mean, it's Michigan. I mean, it's going to be in Florida. Florida State, Florida, Florida State are probably the best spot. Uh, Michigan, USC, you got the Oregon's, uh, Miami's in there, Clemson. But I think FSU and Florida are in the best spot. Uh, it's tough right now, man. I'd probably say FSU slightly over Florida, but it's really a coin flip between those two schools, if you want my opinion on that. I'll, I'll, he's going to take his officials, have fun, but he's not going to rush it. So that's another position, man. If they hit it well, they can knock it out of the park at D-tackle. Um, that's, that's probably the top three guys. And one other kid to keep an eye on, not saying Florida's even leading or anything like that, but, well, Peter Woods, I mean, I'm going to mention him too. Peter Woods, I think he ends up in Alabama. He's a kid ran the street from that. He's visited there, man, like 20 times. But I wrote an article on him really sweet where he just raved about Florida. So the staff is second to none. He's never seen anything like it as far as what Napier's doing with the staff. Um, off the field support too. Uh, once again, the broadcasting, so – he sees like the Tim Tebow's, all the players and who went to Florida who are now in the media. That he's something he's really took notes on. Um, I, I mean, I think Florida might be number two for him. He said Florida was the leader at this time last year. I don't know. I, Alabama's considered the heavy, heavy favorite, but Florida's right there. It's definitely worth mentioning. And one other kid too is David Hicks. He's the number one D lineman in the country. Uh, uh, Coach Chaos was at school this past week, and from what I've heard. Uh, Florida feels like they could get him on an official. He visited last summer and had a good time. And then as the season went on, that kind of momentum drifted, you know, with all the way the season was going. But um, his official business schedule kind of shows that it's open. It's like Oregon, Michigan State, and Miami. And he's the number one D-line in the country on Texas. So looking at those schools, it kind of shows you that his he's pretty much open. And Florida obviously is another tier. Michigan State's trending well with, you know, the new contract with the head coach from Mel Tucker and, you know, Oregon has a new staff, and you know, you're always going to get in Miami too. But Florida obviously is ran the same conversation, so Florida feels like they can kind of get that family back to campus. Hopefully, get an official. Um, it's going to be an uphill battle a little bit, but it's another guy to kind of like tuck away your back pocket and remember um, as the year goes on. Yeah, David Hicks, a five star. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely, man. Defensive tackle, a spot that is uh, going to be a position of need here in the future, especially with Dexter leaving, and I'm pretty sure he's going to go to the NFL because he is that good. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and do some IMG Academy, man. Uh, you know, that's finally a high school. Let's open the doors back up for the University of Florida, it seems like. Billy Napier already has two kids, one that he signed from the last class, one that's committed in this cycle. Are there any other IMG kids that uh, we're favored for that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I wouldn't say favorite, but I'm definitely on the lookout for um, Samuel and Pemba. Um, it's interesting because he's already scheduled four, so four of his official visits. So Florida isn't one of them yet. Maybe they get to fifth. But they've been kind of, they've been a lot of room with this new staff, man. They're definitely in the mix for him. They, they have to get an official. I think that's where it counts. Um, he's kind of like a jack linebacker, kind of a versatile DN slash outside linebacker type. Um, yeah, he could be a tight end. People have him as the number one athlete in the country at 6'4", 235 star. Um, Notre Dame's in there for him. I mean, you have a lot of schools heavily in the mix for his services. Uh, I think right now, Florida's in the mix. They're on that short list, but they have some room to make up just looking at his visit schedule. Um, then you have Francis Mayakoga. Uh, he's an offensive tackle, number one as position IMG. Florida was completely on the outside looking in for him, but they got on campus twice this year because of his other teammates going to Florida for visits. They're in the top 10. They're in the mix for an official, too. Um, he's from the Samoan Islands, so a lot of people think like USC, a lot of these schools on the West Coast yeah. might be in a better spot for him. Uh, but he, he said great things about the staff. Um, just getting on campus is showing that the tables have turned when it comes to IMG in Florida to kind of keep the momentum going. He has a very close relationship with Kamari Wilson as well. So I know Kamari's working on him. Um, those are like the main guys that come to mind for IMG. Um, you also have some kids in 2024 class too, uh, the IMG's working on. Well, obviously the other one too, uh, for right now, I don't know why his name's slipping to me. Uh, what the hell is his name? Norman? Oh, yeah, Will Norman. I don't know why. So many kids on this damn list, I'm always forgetting. But um, Will <laughs> Norman, I put in a prediction for him last month, um, April 22nd. That's why I put a prediction in for him. Okay. I think right now, what I heard about a month ago is that Florida, A&M, and LSU are in the best spot. But I heard Florida's pushing harder than LSU and A&M. And that's been key because he's always mentioned that, you know, Florida's really prioritizing. But you can tell that. He wants to be recruited hard. He wants to be, he wants to feel like a priority um, for these new staff. So I think right now I feel comfortable that prediction still, man. Um, he's going to officially visit June 10th. Um, I don't think he's a kid. He wants to kind of knock out his commitment before the season. So that kind of – this will be, I think, his third visit to campus this year. Um, so, so he's from Camden, New Jersey, uh, 6'4", 270, a versatile D lineman. Um, yeah, I think Florida's trending there, man. Penn State's another school to keep in the mix for. But I think right now A&M and LSU and Florida are in the best spot. And, uh, and since we mentioned IMG, Nigel Harris, just as he committed, I'll touch on him. Um, I really like that kid's film, man. I think he's a baller in the run game. I think he's underrated personally. I think as a center prospect, he has a really nice uh, career ahead of him. He can play guard too, yeah. uh, but I think his future as a center – he started for several years. I think three-year starter, so he's played with a lot of big-time competition around to make guard and tackle. Um, I think he could be a kid in a couple of years who can step in fairly early and surprise people. Uh, I just like his. I love his game. His uh, his game when it comes to run blocking, uh, just really nasty places to whistle. So getting him on board, then you have the Kamari Kamari who's already on campus. I mean, you're definitely setting a good blueprint between Florida IMG and uh, yeah, they're the base for a good amount of kids. That's it, man. IMG Academy, a school that 
plagued Florida for over eight years. And finally, the doors opened back up with Billy Napier and staff. So that that's some good news to hear. Um, I know the, for the first kid I should mention was Will Moore, but I mentioned some of these five-star kids. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I know I'm missing someone, man, like when I'm talking. When I look at these boards, it's like I have like 200 names on my word pad. I'm like, I know I'm missing <laughs> someone. But, yeah, I think Will Norman's the most likely next edition when it comes to uh, IMG for sure. Yeah, Corey Bender, man, one of the elite legendary guys out there in recruiting, keeps up with just about everybody. He probably has a list of uh, thousand thousand kids that he's uh, he's looking at right now. You should see my you should see my my contacts and my cell phone because I've been doing this since 2012, and all my contacts have transferred over whenever I got new phones. Yeah, it's so funny. I was like going through my phone the other day, and I was like trying to find kids' number. It's like Kelvin Ridley. Jerry June, I'm like going through all these old names I used to talk to. I'm just like, <laughs> at some point, I just need to. It's so hard at times to, especially because I'll put in my phone, Coach. They say like Coach Smith, and then I'll put like Osceola after like, because there's, you know, there'll be a lot of Coach Smiths that I've met over the year. So like, if you hit my C and my, my contacts and go in the coach section, it's like 100 deep because all the coaches I've met over the last 10 years. And, I just, at some point, I need to clear it, man. It's just too many. <laughs> the directories of Corey Bender all on his phone right there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, let's do running back real quick. You know, obviously, Trayon Webb, he seems to be a favorite for Florida right now. Uh, but there's a ton of elite running backs in the state of Florida. I think the the when I looked at it, the, the first top five running backs in the nation were all from the state of Florida. You know, we've heard names like Richard Young. Looks like he's kind of maybe leaning Alabama there. But you hear like Cedric Baxter – uh, what are your thoughts on some of these in-state running backs, and do you think that they try to take two like they did last cycle? Yeah, I think right now they take two. I mean, that's the plan. They want to take two running backs to cycle. And I think you, you touched on the right, but Webb, um, I think South Carolina is the biggest competition for Webb. Yeah. Um, but right now I think Florida definitely is in the driver's seat there. Um, he's told me several times in the past, yeah, it's going to be hard to, like, to take him away from Florida. It's going to take a lot for him to like, kind of change his mind there. Obviously, his family really backs Florida. That's a big factor. So, yeah, he was here yesterday. I had another great visit. I'm hoping to talk to him today. Uh, Cedric Baxter, I think he's the other most likely addition right now. Um, it looks like it's in, I mean, he has a top group, but I think Florida and Miami are the best spot for him. I think those are the two schools that, you know, when it comes down to it, those are going to be the schools heavily in the mix uh, for his services. So, I think – Right now, those are the two most likely two most likely additions. Richard Young, five star number right back in the country. Florida, they've had their opportunities, man. They've got my campus more than I think many people thought they would have over yeah. the last several months. And track has been a big reason too, uh, up in Gainesville. But I've said it for a number of months. I think I said if he was to stay in Florida, I think he'd go to Florida. But he's heavily trending towards going out of state. So you have Alabama's, Oregon's, Ohio State's. Georgia. So he already sent the majority of his official visits. I actually just sent one with Notre Dame too, which was kind of surprised a lot of people. They have not really been mentioned too much with him. Um, so yeah, for some reason he Florida has an amazing season and he wants to stay in state. Florida would be that choice more likely, but yeah, I think he's one that, yeah, it's kind of a long shot at this point. Um, another one is Christopher Johnson out of Fort Lauderdale Dillard. He was just offered this past week. Uh, Jaluk went to his spring game. Speedy track kid, really elusive. Um, man, he's been blown up like crazy. I mean, his his recruitments, he used to be in the Rutgers in April, and then since then, he's got Oregon, Georgia, Florida, FSU, I mean, I mean, FSU, Miami, Michigan. So his recruitment um, just completely blew up like wildfire. So 
Uh, we'll see with him. He told me four is definitely going to get official and unofficial, so they're going to get both visits this summer. Um, didn't grow up a fan of a certain school, but he did go to Miami this past week, the nearby school. It looked like he had a great time. So it looks like they're in a really good spot for him. So we'll see. I mean, like you said, he's a speedy kid, different than the other backs that are on the board. Uh, this kid's just a home run threat. Um, I think you can do a lot with this kid, special teams as well. He's one because obviously he's from the state of Florida. You always got to keep an eye on the state of Florida kids. And then, like you said before, like uh, Ruben Owens, he's a number one running back. Another, depending on what service you look at, he's another top rate kid, five star from Texas. Uh, Julie stopped by his school. And I talked to someone close to the situation who told me that maybe there's a chance Florida gets a visit. I talked to a kid a month ago, and he wasn't hearing much from Florida. He's like, I want to hear from Florida. I, I, I like Gators. And then I don't know the word somehow got back to Jaluk that, you know, like the kid's interested. So there's some hope there that he gets out to Florida for a visit. Um, there's work to do, obviously. But, you know, I mean, that's all you can ask for. A lot of coaches will say, just let's get them out on a visit. That's all I need. All I need is a visit, and then we'll try to work our magic when they get here. Uh, but those those are probably the main guys. I mean, they've offered several more guys on the board that are kind of viewed more as plan Bs by the staff. They're definitely four-star kids, really good. Uh, but like I said, right now the main priorities are, uh, like I said, Baxter, Webb. And then you have Justice Haynes, too, from Georgia. He's a Georgia legacy, so – I think he definitely goes teams up with the Bulldogs, but it's another deep board. I think Jaluk has done an outstanding job this cycle of really getting into the top group for a lot of kids. So either way, even if you just got one of Webb and Baxter, just get one of them as a good, it's uh, a really good uh, storyline for Florida. And then if you fill in that second spot with any of these other kids, I mean, to me, that's an impressive running back haul. So I, I think either way, it's going to be a good class. And we just got to see who the two final pieces are to the puzzle. Yeah, state of Florida, man, loaded with running back talent this year and this cycle. And you guys got Cedric Baxter as the number one running back at Island 3, right? Yeah, so he's on three, number one running back. And then the on three consensus between ESPN 247, Rivals, and on three, uh, it's uh, Richard Young. So okay. just depending which one you want to look at. Uh, but as far as on three, they have Baxter as number one. All right, all right, man. And last but not least, man, I have to get an update, man. These five-star corners, I had to save the best for last year. McLean, yeah. Harris, Mitchell, what's the latest, and where do you think they wind up by the end of the cycle? Yeah, I think McLean, I'm still leading Florida there. Um, Alabama's heavily in the mix as well. Um, our Georgia site recently spoke to, um, I assume, someone on the Georgia side that they're going to get an official in June as well. So, you could never count on Georgia, obviously. They're always in the mix for these elite kids. But Florida and Alabama are positioned best. Um, he's called Florida home so many times. So I just think the familiarity in Gainesville is going to be a lot to – it's going to be too hard to pass up. Also, a lot of the Polk County kids. Uh, there's just a lot of familiar faces in Gainesville. And then the cherry on top is having Corey Raymond as your quarterback's coach. So Florida has a lot trending for them. Uh, they're recruiting the mob really good, too. The mob's really familiar with a lot of the coaches on staff. And – they just feel like a major priority, and understandably so. Uh, so I think with McLean, I still like Florida there. Uh, Tony Mitchell, I think right now that the three schools are Texas A&M, Florida, and uh, Alabama. Uh, and I've heard this from someone who spoke to Tony about a month ago. So this is this is about like a month ago, but I was hearing at the time A&M was in the best spot, Florida 2 and Alabama 3. And the reason with Alabama 3, you would think it would be the other way around, is Alabama's loading up at DB the cycle, and I was told that he's like, hey, they're taking so many guys. Like, I don't want to join some crazy jam-packed class where it's like 
five DBs or five corners, or I don't know the number they're taking, but I heard that, you know, it's just they're low, like, it's a pretty deep position. They're taking a lot of guys. Um, and he's one of those kids too, man. Like he kind of gets like, he'll visit a school and say that school's a leader because he's in the moment. And then he goes yeah. to another school. He did the same thing with A&M. Like he went to Florida and said Florida leads. And then with the A&M, like three weeks later, said A&M leads. And someone spoke to him that I very trust very much and, Tony told them that AM, this is about a month ago, so like I said, stuff couldn't change by then, but AM was the leader with Florida number two and Alabama three. Um, Texas actually just got an official visit date set. He was actually committed to Tennessee in eighth grade, which is funny, those early commitments. They're kind of back in the mix, too. Um, I think, obviously, them and the law courts, they're behind the, the, the uh, three other schools I mentioned at the top. Um, but yeah, he's another kid's going to take his officials, and you'll probably have to recruit him until the end. Um, yeah, and just like I, it's been the same group of schools as recruitment, but it's so tough right now, man. It's they're all neck and neck. I think these officials will play a huge deal. And then AJ Harris, man, like, yeah, it's just <laughs> he, he's a wild card right now. Like, yeah, he was rumored to silently commit to silently commit over the summer, uh, early in the spring. Uh, Georgia's in the mix, you got Clemson, you got Alabama, and I think Florida's still in that top group, they're right there at the top, but. Their family is keeping things close to the best. When I talked to his dad earlier in the year, he told me, he said, we want to make a commitment. We don't want to put a date out. We just want to surprise people on the left field. We don't want this whole big press before, like, hey, I'm announcing it. They don't want crystal ball picks, no predictions, nothing. So, who, like, they're really keeping it close to the best right now. So, Florida's right there, man. They visit twice this spring. Obviously, he's a major priority, a lead kid in the secondary, and uh, – yeah, it's just he's the one that's the hardest to read right now. But we, the one thing we do know is Florida's still there, right at the top. Uh, they love Corey Raymond, uh, the staff. I mean, Coach Tony, a lot of the support staff like Katie Turner, and uh, they're doing all the right things. So it's just kind of a wait and see with him. Yeah, see, A.J. Harris was a little upset last time all those crystal balls came in, so he's trying to throw everybody curveballs now to make it a surprise. So yeah. He's no, doing exactly, the right man. thing. So, <laughs> yeah, so he, he's a tough one to read right now, man. So, corner there, I mean, like, those are the main guys at corner. I mean, you know, some other guys that kind of fill in the board, but we, I mean, there's no doubting who's at the top of that board. And I know those are the guys fans really want to know about. Um, you have a guy like R.J. Johnson who uh, – I think it's trending towards Florida. He's a six two and a half, six three DB. Yeah, uh, Raymond was supposed to see him on Thursday, but then once once Lake Gibson's game got moved to Thursday, he went to go see McLean instead. Nothing against R.J. Johnson, but they really yeah. wanted to see McLean. Um, Florida's going to get an official. I think Florida will probably get him, bearing any surprises. So you'll you'll have the league games, and then you have some high upside guys mixed in right behind them. So uh, yeah. That would tell me that should be good. That's that'll be another position. Hopefully, you think Florida will do pretty good at it. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. You got Corey Raymond on your staff. You're not. You're you're obviously going to get an elite corner somewhere with Corey Raymond on staff. Re- the re- resume is too good not to. Yeah, exactly. And, and you see a lot of these elite corners out there. They they rant and rave about Corey Raymond. So we'll we'll just see what happens in that. Hopefully, we can land maybe at least one of those three, maybe two, maybe all three. I don't think we're going to do all three, but maybe one or two. I, hey, I'm okay with that as long as we at yeah. least get one. <laughs> yeah, especially that first first full uh, full cycle too. So. No, it, it should be a fun second half of the year, man. I mean, there's a lot of guys in the mix, a lot of guys with high mutual interest, too. So it'll be fun, man. It's going to be a fun next four to five months. Yeah, absolutely. And as I say, all Gator fans, and I know that 
you know, a lot of them aren't patient, but please be patient because it's probably going to be by the early signing day to national signing days to where you're really going to see some of these high-end elite prospects pop. Absolutely. 100%. All right, Corey, man. Thank you for joining me on Getting Swamped. You always, obviously, you do a great job. You're consistently posting articles out there. You're, uh, it seems like you work uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, man. So uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time anymore, man. Uh, you go out there and uh, you get us some of that recruiting info. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll do my best. Yeah, I mean, I you, hopefully uh, the audio came in good. I've been, I've kind of now I'm pretty sick today. So the whole, <laughs> the whole house is sick. So, uh, yeah, it sounds like I'm plugging my nose underwater, and that's why. But, uh, but yeah, no, definitely, man. We'll, uh, I'll jump on again here soon. And uh, yeah, like you said, fans just need to be patient. I think we're gonna see a lot of these. A lot of these elite level kids want to take officials first. It's it's like a business decision for them. Yeah, yep. I mean, you want to take your visits and do all your homework before doing these, uh, making these uh, life changing decisions. So I think overall, like you said, it's either way. Either way you look at, it, it's gonna be an impressive class. It's just a lot of these kids are gonna take their time when it comes to making their announcements. Yeah, and especially with NIL the way that it is now, I mean, you're you're going to see a lot of kids hanging that announcement for the long run. So, uh, yeah. as I said, it, you have to be patient in this day and age now with NIL. But, uh, Corey, man, thank you for joining me on Getting Swamped, man. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. Appreciate that. All right, Corey Bender from On3 giving us a recruiting update here on some of the key positions in the future for the Florida Gators football team. And I think Corey, just like David Waters, doesn't sleep when it comes to Florida Gator coverage, man. And uh, speaking of Gator coverage, I always say on this podcast that I save the best for last. And unfortunately, it's a little bit of a bittersweet field in the podcast. And I say bittersweet because I hate to see him leave. I mean, it's it's really, really sad uh, coming from a fan standpoint. But it's sweet to know that he finally can retire in peace because he definitely damn well earned it. Mick Hubert officially called his last game yesterday as the voice of the Gators. And I will just say, as myself as a Florida Gator fan, I, you know, I have the utmost respect from a guy who did this for 33 years. He's not only you know, left so many memories for us Gator fans growing up, but he, he's been doing this since I was five freaking years old. And I have nothing but the utmost respect for a guy who's made us laugh cry, cheer, uh, you know, just experience every emotion from a Florida Gator game as it feels like he's he's always been there right there with us. So, uh, you know, Mick Hubert, I, I personally just want to say thank you so much. Thank you so much for all the memories. I mean, it hurts even saying goodbye. So what I'm going to do as a tribute to end this show is play just some, not all, because there were just so many good historic calls from Mick Hubert, but I'm going to play some of the best calls in Mick Hubert's career. We'll do that right now. Second and nine. There's the snap to Trask. Trask looks to throw. He's got the receiver. There's Swain at the 40. Cuts between the hash marks inside the 30. Inside the 20. He's going to go. He's going to go. Touchdown. 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 Oh, my. At 64 yard touchdown. Catch and carry. Touchdown, Gators. Snap to Greer. Greer looking, looking, looking. Throws the ball. Got a receiver. There's a catch made on the near sideline. Down the right side, 35-30. It'll be Callaway down the sideline. He's going to score. He's going to score. He's going to score. It's a touchdown. Oh, my. Oh, my. Jack Jackson. Just going wide right. Aubrey Hill, Harrison Houston go wide left. Third and 10, 28-yard line. Werfel dropping back to throw, pumps and fires the ball over the middle. It's Dory! It's Dory! He's got a touchdown! Dory's got a touchdown! Oh, man! Dory's got a touchdown! The 
kick. It's been blocked again. Oh, my. It's been blocked again. And the clock is going to run out. And the Gators have won the game. Snap to Franks. Franks dropping back, stepping up, running the ball, looking, looking. He's going to heave one deep down the field. It's going to be to the goal line. It's going to be gone. It's a touchdown. And the Gators have won the game. <laughs> Tyreek Cleveland. Oh, my. I can't believe what I just saw. The Gators have won the ball game on a bomb throw by Felipe Franks. And this place is an inside asylum again. Oh, my. Ball game. Gators have beaten. Tennessee again. And the Gators get the ball. Myron Jones with a rebound. Four seconds left. Jones plays it ahead. Here's Appleby for a game winner. A three ball. Yes! It's good! It's good! It's good! How about Tyree Appleby knocks down a three ball on high to the right from 25 feet. And the Gators have stolen the game. The Gators have won. The Fort Myers tip off on Tyree Appleby's game winning three pointer. Florida 71 and Ohio State 68. A minute six seconds left. It's fourth down and ten for Mississippi State at the Florida 45 yard line. Two receivers off to the left and two to the right. Hill the running back. The snap to Fitzgerald. He's under pressure and down he goes. Oh my! Donovan Steiner with a safety blitz. He just blew him up. He just knocked him right out of the ballpark. And the Gators have made the stop. Oh my! The snap to Trask. He wants to throw it toward the end zone. It's going to be Trey Grimes. He's got it. He went up the high at six feet five and made the catch. And the Gators lead 37 to 21. Fourth down. Bentling is under center at the one yard line. Bentling takes the snap, tosses the Geis. Geis trying to lead over the top. He didn't get there. He did I've enjoyed 33 years broadcasting Gator Sports to you. I thank you so very much. I love you one and all. You've made my career. Thank you so much. For Nick Belmonte, I'm Mick Hubert. So long, everybody. Chills, man. Uh, goosebumps. Just goosebumps just listening to those calls. And uh, as I said, man, uh, a bittersweet day for Florida Gator Sports. But you know how the old saying goes, man. All great things must come to an end. So, thank you, Mick. All right, folks. That will wrap it up for this episode of Getting Swamped, your latest in football statistics, special guests, and social media. Thank you for listening to Getting Swamped.